0: You're listening to the Coventry Sphinx podcast. You can follow the fortunes of our football club on Twitter, where we're at Coventry Sphinx or at CoventrySphinx.co.uk. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. For more podcasts from Sphinx Football, visit SphinxFootball.com. Welcome to episode four of the Coventry Sphinx podcast with me, Chris Nee and Sean Thomas, one of our club's joint managers. This is a podcast about a football club from one Saturday to the next and everything in between. We've had some good news since the last episode, along with hundreds of other non-league football clubs we've been able to open our gates again and let spectators into the ground. The less said about the farce that preceded it the better, but I want to give huge credit to Shaz Taylor and everyone at Sphinx for their hard work in getting the risk assessment done and the site ready for fans once more. So with our limited capacity we're back up and running for the new season, we have some important dates to tell you about. The last two friendlies are on their way. We've got a new one against Chelmsley Town on Wednesday the 26th of August and then against Nuneaton Griff on Saturday the 29th of August both at home and we've got our FA competition draws as well. The FA Cup extra preliminary round will take place away at Romulus on Tuesday the 1st of September and in the FA Vars first round qualifying we're at home against Worcester Raiders on Saturday the 19th of September. Before that this week we've got plenty to catch up on. We've had a couple of away friendlies that feel like a long time ago now against Harbour Town and Hinckley. They didn't go so well results-wise, but I think there were plenty of positives to be taken. We've played a home friendly against Bedworth United with spectators, which in terms of the result went rather better. And again, lots of positives to be taken. And we've got the last two friendlies ahead of us against Chelmsley and Nuneet and Griff, and we'll be talking about those as well. We've got upcoming competitive fixtures now. We know when the league's going to start. We've got those cup fixtures. So I wanted to talk to Sean about the importance of cup football to clubs like ours too. So over to me in the past with one of Sphinx's joint managers, Sean Thomas. Now, One of the many reasons I admire you, Sean, is that you signed up for this podcast over the summer, knowing that we would have to talk about your football team losing a match. So that time's arrived. The first was at Harbour Town last Saturday. Um, we should acknowledge, I think, in the name of the non-league family, just what an impressive setup up they have.
1: Yeah, it was most probably um, the best set of facilities that I've seen. Um, certainly at our level, um, you turn up and everything's brand new, it, it's Looks excellent, and um the three g there is the best three g that I've seen they've striped, they striped it um it yeah it's completely set up to be a, a really fantastic um set of facilities so um it was really nice to go there and see it and see what clubs have got in the local area um so yeah, so when we arrived they they were really um, on the ball as well with all the Covid protocols, and they made us feel really welcome, so um
0: it was a really enjoyable experience in that sense. do the players pick up on that type of thing? they show up at a nice new build stadium where it still feels like a football ground. You go to some places and it doesn't feel like a football club. The Harbour does. And they've got this great facility. Clubhouse is amazing. Pitch is great. It must give them a lift as as non league players.
1: Yeah, it does. And I think um when people get there you, you have a little walk out onto the pitch and you just think um this would be a pretty good place to play your football every week but then at the back in the back of your mind there are little quirks that you do miss of it was it very polished and um the surface is fantastic uh, but it
0: um, certainly doesn't beat a home day at the the drive it was a 5-1 defeat and I don't think it was a 5-1 game necessarily i'm told there was a change of shape at half time was that a pre-planned pre-season thing or something that came about on the day
1: no so it was pre-planned to a degree so we always had a set set out idea that we were going to give certain lads um, equal minutes and so 45 comes around and um, I think first half we were, we were fairly good first 45 minutes for a lot of these a lot of the lads for a long long time we were 1-0 down but the game was pretty even and um, I think the message at half time was just try and get a bit more intensity into what we were doing and move the ball a little bit quicker because there's no excuses on that surface and I think the changes that were made did make a big difference and so lads are coming on and whether or not you you explain it to the lads that they are um, don't read too much into the selection but if you are on the bench you always want to come on and make a difference and I think certainly for the first um, 10-15 we come out really really well and so the shape we did change the shape slightly and yes but I think it was more the boys just wanted to come out and put in a good
0: good performance those that have been on the bench. We'll gloss over the scoreline somewhat because it was a friendly and I don't put Particular stock in the score lines on those games. We went down to ten men, which does happen in these matches, but not all that often. So I don't expect you to talk about this particular sending off. But I really I want to know if you've been in that situation before in a friendly, whether it was a player or as a coach, where you've been in a situation where it's a bit about fitness, a bit about preparing for the season, and someone picks up a red card. Is that a bolt out of the blue? Is it something you completely unexpected, not planned for? Um, how do you kind of approach that situation when suddenly you're in a position where? game management becomes part of a friendly situation.
1: Instinctively, you want to make changes when that, when that happens. So if you're in a league game or you're in a court game when there's something on the line, you try and stay in the game for the next 10, 15 minutes and you could argue that like, it shouldn't change regardless of the um, whether or not it's a friendly or something on the line. but we just left it to run run its course. So we'd made a lot of changes. We had a lot of attacking players on the pitch. And I think that's shown really in the last 20 minutes where um, the ball stays in a lot of the time on a 3G. It doesn't really go dead and there's not natural laws in the play because the ball's always zipping around. And I think with, there's no excuses. The, the lad's lost and the score is what it is. And, but... Um, instinctively you might have changed that in a league game and you wouldn't have left it so open, you wouldn't have left it being a, almost like a 3-3-3 almost, um, just to give those lads those minutes that they deserve because they had been training well.
0: The next friendly was Hinkley away, went to Barwell and played Hinckley and another defeat, 3-2 slightly different situation and one of the big positives that I took from that game was that we got Colin Smith and Ashanti Price both on the score sheet and Ashanti was instrumental in both of those goals. Um, he's coming on in in pre-season and starting to look the part and those goals showed the creative side of his game as well as the finisher.
1: Yeah, he's a really good lad and Ashanti only came in towards the back end of last season and um, he scored goals for us in the league and um, he's got a lovely left foot and he holds the ball up well and he brings people into play and I think, uh, yeah, he's just a good lad to have around. He's he's got no airs and graces and he he digs in for the team and I think when he adds goals to his game, I think he's going to be a really um, frightening player at our level and He's really ambitious as well. So the conversation that we have with Ashanti, are obviously private, but it's based around adding your goals to your games, make sure you're scoring, set yourself little targets and then develop your team game as well. So he's worked really hard in this last couple of games. So it was good to see Colin up there as well with him. So Colin's done a lot of work as a lone striker to date playing for the Sphinx and um, with a bit of backup up there. Colin worked his socks off week in, week out. But um, yeah, with an extra man up there, hopefully they can have a really good
0: partnership this year. Both took their goals really well. Colin's finish was, was lovely and shanty made that goal for him. It's good to see that striker's instinct kicking in as well because he's, he's still a, a young player, Colin, and, and he does a lot of hard work up top. I think, you know, if if we could get a few more goals out of him, he suddenly becomes a very dangerous player at our level as well.
1: Colin, you, you get a great amount of effort from him. He works really well and he toes the line really well up the top. And so when you're looking to go um, and be solid and things like that, Colin's a perfect foil up there. Um, Ashanti plays really well. They both do actually. They both play really well with a back to goal and they're both are they're both, uh, developing that side of their game where they're going to start being more ruthless and more they play for us. And um, goal scores are really hard to come by and they either cost a lot of money or you um, you fall really lucky and get one that comes for your youth team. But so for Colin, for Ashanti, hopefully, if they're chipping in with their goals and their midfield chips in with their their few goals, hopefully goals will be... um, will be scored and it gives you a great opportunity to go and win games
0: is it fair to say both of those friendlies were a bit of a lesson in taking your chances
1: yeah so I mean Hinkley were Hinkley were great actually I thought they were a really bright young side and the the managers we get on really well with and we're starting to develop a little bit of a a, a relationship there where you talk to people more often than what you might do other managers and so I think we knew we were going to go over for a test and I think what Hinkley did really well was they, they matched our energy for long periods of the game I think in hindsight looking back on it I think if we talk solely about our side I thought for the first 70 we were really good we gave them a goal head start which is possibly not the greatest thing to be doing at any um, level of football but I thought we we controlled the game pretty well we created chances we're we're most probably more fluent actually than what we've been for a long time and I think at 2-1 I think we had a couple of chances where if you take them you pull away and possibly the end result doesn't happen because you've got that little bit of a buffer but yeah so we we didn't quite get we weren't quite as clinical as what we wanted to be with between that maybe 45 and 65 And we made a lot of changes again and Hinckley finished really well and um, they came on strong and they took the chances when they came around and that's football. At the end of the day, we lost the game in the last sort of um, eight minutes and it, it feels really raw at the time because you think to yourself, we should have won that game. But actually, in hindsight, actually, the performance levels were pretty good. And so that's what we spoke to about the boys today, about just if you make your performance levels where you want them to be, the results will follow. So rather than just going out there and saying, we want to win this game, actually
0: make sure that you're performing and then results will follow. Let's bring it up to date with slightly happier times. We're talking in the aftermath of a friendly against Bedworth United, which is a fairly frequent fixture for us pre-season, local local team. And we won the game 1-0 with, I think, a really good, solid performance where I think you'd uh, say we were the better side, really, and deserved the win and put in a, a whole game impressive performance.
1: Yeah, um, and I think I think we're not going to shy away from when we're not very when we're not at the standard of what we want to be. Where we possibly weren't really last twenty for Market Harbour and last twenty for Hinkley. I'm not going to shy away from praising the lads when I thought we were the better side. And regardless of step, I think football's football. And I think if you go out there and um, put your, put your work rate in, be be better than the man on your opposition, um, and take your chances, I think you've always get to give yourself a good chance. And so today, I think after all all the doom and gloom of possibly two defeats in a couple of days. You go out there and the lads was, were were awesome from the start. To be fair to them, they all worked really hard. And there's been lots of talk between us over the last couple of days about making sure that we don't concede early goals and giving yourself a chance to play into the into the game. And we did that really well. And I think a little bit when we spoke about the Cozal game actually, which is another step forward. So I don't remember Bedworth creating too many chances i don't rec- i don't uh, remember crossy having uh, many saves to make one save and i think first half we looked pretty good we looked uh we didn't really we weren't really flowing necessarily but when you're getting at half time and you're at nil nil you can then build on that can't you and i think second half we were better i think we had a good couple of chances and cal's cal tells me it was a shot whether or not it's a cross i'm not too sure but <laughs> but it went in and it's amazing football football's amazing where you've got three three days between one defeat and one, one victory and if you, you went into the bar next door it would be like we've just won the FA Cup so good just to get back in you're only ever three four days away from another game to put right maybe some of the things that didn't go quite so well in the game before So, but yeah we try not to get too um, up and down about pre-season And although none of us like losing and obviously we all like to, like to celebrate a victory it's just again another game where we're now two games out before the first FA Cup game and I think getting more settled we're getting we're really competitive and I think we're going to be okay
0: it was one of those brilliantly placed free kicks where you've striking it from deep and if you find the back post from there the goalkeeper is in trouble regardless of what he does so our opposition today I think have been quite harsh with their I think a trialist goalkeeper um, in the aftermath and been very clear that it was a close game and the goalkeeper error has has cost us the match which I think is very unfair because he has a choice there because of the way we attack that ball, Callum has placed it absolutely perfectly where it needed to be. And Liam Kay has attacked the ball, regardless of the fact that he wasn't going to get there, which means that the goalkeeper has a choice. He can either try and save the, sh- the shot or the cross that's going in at the far post. But if our players coming onto the ball, get a nick on that ball and it goes in. They'll slaughter him for that as well. What was your reading of that situation? I mean, I'm more than willing to just give the credit to, to Woody.
1: Yeah, and you, the way that you surmised that was really spot on, Chris. Um, those situations, I'm not a goalkeeper, but they must be awful where any flick, if, you, if he moves to his left to try and say the cross- and it goes in at his near post, and he gets he gets uh, criticised then. So yeah, so I'd rather just if you pick on the the positives of that, that like Cal's cross was was superb. It's really inviting for any attacker to go and put their head on it. But when they don't, if you aim it inside that um, far post, you've always got a chance for what happened in, what happened today to go in. And I think um, I think we had a couple of chances before that, and a couple of chances anyway after anyway. Where um, certainly the the lad that was in goal for them first half pulled off some great saves, and I think in in um, In general assessment of the whole game, I think um, we had the better chances. So whether or not you want to blame on a goalkeeper error, I think um, we were were certainly in the ascendancy most of that second half.
0: Moving on, we've got a couple of uh, friendlies coming up, both at home. A new one against Chelmsley Town this coming Wednesday. A couple of little injury notes. Patterson Two fans picked up a bit of a a knock at Harborough. I was expecting him to be out a little bit longer, but he was here today. played very well, I thought, as well. Jack Downs has been managing a bit of a strain are you expecting to see him back in the side of the next um, couple of
1: weeks? So, yeah, so actually we thought Jack was going to be back today, but I spoke to him on Thursday when we went for our curry night and it, it isn't quite right. So, Jack, Jack maybe next game, possibly a little bit later than that. Patson's sort of like playing through his knock at the moment and that's a choice that he's made, um, is. is supremely fit lad and so he may well come out on Wednesday and maybe Saturday but um, he's managing that really well and he's, he's a good honest lad so if, he, if I ever thought that he was just playing through the pain just to try and keep himself on the team we'll we'd put a stop to that pretty quickly um, we had people like Harvey Billing who come through his first 50 minutes after a little bit of a groin injury and some quarantine that he had to do and obviously Collins took his knock that like he's come off a little bit earlier on as well today so yeah so it, that's football you're going to pick up your little knocks and I think they come more frequent in pre-season while your body's still Hardening up to the to the rigors of football at the moment, and so we've, uh, we'll hopefully just talk to those lads in the week, and we'll see about Wednesday because we've added that in just to get some more some more minutes now that we started to whittle down our squad. So uh, we're in a really fortunate position where we have got a really healthy squad. So if lads are not quite quite right, then they possibly won't be in Wednesday.
0: Patson's got a nice new graze from today's match as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he was showing off everyone that you know, like he needs a plaster on that. I think.
0: Yeah, a big plaster, but still just a plaster. Yeah. Jamsey was late addition to the the schedule. So in the spirit of the podcast that we've been um, approaching so far, how does that come about? That A a fixture drops out for them or you decide that you fancy another game last week? How does that happen?
1: In a really honest way, we lost two games. So we wanted to... In the two games that we lost, there have been some really honest conversations around that. We've took 20, 20 players to each of these games and the substitutions, not because of the lads themselves individually or as players have made a real big impact so every time that we've got to 70 60 70 minutes we've made a raft of substitutions um seven against Hinkley eight against Market Harbour and it's had a real impact on the game itself and we've, we've been looking at it and we think so today we brought it down to 16 and I think that's where we're going to keep it now because uh yeah it, you can see the benefit of having that settled side um so Wednesday was added in to give to 16 17 possibly lads some extra extra minutes. There are some lads that are coming back. So we've still got Charlie McConaughey away on holiday. Lewis Guest is still away on holiday. Jack Downs, as you mentioned, has played a couple of games at the start. So we want to try and get him a couple of games before the end. Um, so yeah, so it's just an extra, extra bit of um an extra 90 minutes really and we know Dave Denty who was here last year he's gone to Chelsea Town now so um, and we've seen Chelsea Town advertising on, on Twitter I think it was for a game and so we thought well yeah why not the lads I think if you ask them all would, would all say they prefer to play games rather than train um, and we train the pre-season have been going on for a long long time now um, and we were conscious about not overloading with games but actually what we've found is that we've done a load of work on the training ground and
0: actually it's the match sharpness the match fitness that we're looking for at the moment we'll cover off some team news in a bit as well But first, we've got some cup draws, finally, to talk about. We can do detail another time when we get closer to the matches. But I don't think you and I have ever spoken about cup football generally before. So I mentioned the draws at the start of the show. We don't have, over the years that I've been coming to the club, a brilliant record in cup football in general. One semi-final of a a League Cup. But despite some particular highlights, it's not been a real strength of ours, regardless of who the manager's been, who the squad's been who we've been playing against. How much of a focus in what's going to be quite a strange season are those FA Cup and FA Vars' first games?
1: For a club at our level, the FA Cup, you enter it at almost the lowest ranked sides in the whole competition. And I think I was looking at a a little infographic that someone put out on Twitter the other day and you see all these clubs, uh, the crests, and of all these uh, professional sides and, and things like that. And you do get a little bit of the feeling of the spirit of the cup. And I think... The FA Cup is a great money earner, less so this year for the club because the, the, the winners of each round has been reduced by the FA. But what it does, is it gives you an opportunity to put yourself up against a team and cup footballs 90 minutes. It's um, 100 mile an hour and um, often the, the cup games are the best games that you'll be involved in. Um, I think when the FA Vars comes around, I think you're obviously more realistic in wanting to go further in that competition. Um, and again, I don't think we've had great great results recently of, um, when I was last involved before I came back to the club we got to the quarters and what that can do is build. it, it can build your season and you, it's a great place to be around when you have a really good Vise run um, so we never seem to get easy draws either me and John have been talking about the draws that have come out and I think what you have to do is just hold your hands up and there's no easy draw in the cup games and whoever you get you know it's going to be, uh, it can go either way, and so we're fairly confident about going into the games, and we feel quite, we're quite well prepared. But what you, if you if you make it, you be on an end all, you lead your bread and butter, and that's what you judged on over a whole season. But a cup can keep the interest of the um, of the club, the players, the local community um, going. So um, we don't want to just be getting getting
0: knocked out of both cups on the first game. Put it that way. You mentioned the the Vars quarter final run there. What's your own cup pedigree? You must have got some medals as a player.
1: Uh, so yeah, a long time ago we used to have the the Telegraph Cup, which we were quite dominant in uh, the league below. We got us up to here. So yeah, i, I say it, I've been talking to one of the parents in the bar today and, um, about the youth team and winning things in football is quite difficult. And at the end of a season, at the end of a career. If you have a full, full 17 sixteen, seventeen-year career, not often you win that that many things. So there'll be some players that are really decorated, but lads, lads that are playing for the Sphinx, they want to go and try and win, win some stuff. So we'll be aiming to try and win whatever cups we go into, whether or not we win the FA Cup is open to debate, but we'll give it
0: a good go. And
1: yeah, I enjoy playing in cup football. It's a, it's a, it's a real spectacle.
0: I'm not going to hold you to this as an expectation or a promise from you as a management team. If you could put one thing, one achievement in cup football this season, setting the league aside, what would a real genuine success in cup football look like for us?
1: So, I mean, for stuff like the FA Vars, if you get to a certain round in it, you enter the cup later the the following year. So I think if you get to like the fourth round, I think you come in later on. So we're consistently having to play in the the earlier rounds of the Vars, which which it's all right. It's good. You play teams that you don't always play. But if you get yourself into the later rounds of the Vars, that means next year, you come in being four games away from the final rather than eight games away from the final. So uh, we've got a really tough couple of draws in that. So I don't want to be making any outlandish predictions, but we want to be going deeper into the VARs where you're starting not dropping down those numbers to last 64, last 32, things like that. And once you get into those rounds, who knows what could happen?
0: We'll finish with some new signings. We've got three that we haven't spoken about yet. The first is Andre Edwards, uh, centre-back, who's made several appearances for us in pre-season. I know nothing about him. What can you tell me about him?
1: Um, well, yeah, so I'm still getting to know him a little bit at the moment. So Andre has been the uh, one person that we've taken who's come over on a purely trial basis. He contacted me and he said, can I come over? Don't know a great deal about him. He's come over. He's a really um, intelligent young man. He's he's really athletic and he's um, been, been a really good lad to have around. So he's consistently trained really well and that we were considering whether or not we were in a position to sign anyone and I think his performances have been pretty good so far there's still areas for him to work on and develop but that's a a step of football that we're at that we're not always around uh, finished product so yeah he's he's hopefully going to be a part of the squad this season and and, yeah as I said he's going to develop and I think he'll turn into a really good centre-half
0: Was the fact that he's so vocal a factor. He's got a few phrases that he uh, he likes to
1: um, use on the pitch and um, as I said we're always looking for, I think sometimes, vocal players, people that talk on the pitch it can improve the team no end so yeah, so he's a, he's a big voice and he's, uh, he's quite a humble young man, he's uh, he's settled down
0: he doesn't really go out drinking or anything like that Jude O'Connor, not a new signing but certainly a good one in my time at the club certainly we haven't always had a reliable backup as a goalkeeper, we haven't always had a backup as a goalkeeper full stop Jude is that and more, I think. And he's already had a big impact for us in, in big matches. Uh, so you must be pleased to, to have him signed up again. Nice to see him warming up again with Crossley. So he's been around pre-season, but good to have that that bit of paper as well.
1: Yeah, so he's a, he's a year two youth player. Jude um, will you know that. We,
0: we had to fight really
1: to keep him because he's a really ambitious young boy. Um, and... He's a, really, uh, he's a really solid keeper and he's got great attributes and he's going to push Crossy all the way so w- we've had to say and he's not just an understudy, he's going to be uh, pushing Crossy all the way and so if he gets his opportunity and he takes it then he stays in so I think he's a little bit disappointed not getting any minutes today but um, that shows you um, a mark of him actually that he's really ambitious and he's really um, driven to, to be number one and be one of the best keepers in the town
0: and he's got a great setup as well because he's got Crossy firstly and multiple coaches around him all of whom are able to to give him various different parts of their game two of them goalkeeping specialists as well so he's in the perfect place last signing to talk about is Danny Fraser who um we'll call him a left-sided player um he's played for a number of clubs in the area I didn't know until today because he pre predates me but he's a Sphinx boy Nigel Starkey's team yeah. I think um in his background so I've got a couple of questions firstly how did the signing come about and secondly what do you and John see as his best position?
1: Um so the signing came about with so Danny's always um so he's, as you mentioned, he's a Sphinx lad, he's gone off and he played for a long time for Coxwood. And actually, me and John have had conversations where we should never have let him go to racing Kloboric, actually. We should have been the ones that have been I don't mean give him the chance because he's he's got all the ability in the world anyway, but making sure that he didn't go elsewhere. He should have came here possibly a season earlier. And so um, we required a left back. And so we've um, sort of courted him, shall we say, over the summer. And he had a couple of options. And I think what makes it easy for Danny and for us is that because he's known to us, he knows the coaches, he's been been a Sphinx player before. He doesn't feel like a new boy. He feels like he's been here a long time. So um, that was a little bit of a fault on the Sphinx. that We didn't get him in maybe a little bit earlier, but now he's here. I can see him having a really good season. Um, and depending on the shape that we play, he'll either be a left-back, um, but he, he does really well going forward. So today we played 3-5-2 and as a wing-back, he gets up and down. He's got good quality on his left foot. He he rats around, he gets under people's skin. Um, he played against a lad that was twice his size today and I think he um, was under his armpits most of the game and the lad couldn't get round him. And so Danny's a really good player. And I think what we've realised is not having him here, is that when now that he's here how much of a positive signing it could
0: be for us. Thanks as always to Tomo for this week's chat. It's with great pleasure that I can sign off by saying that we're now welcome at Sphinx Drive again. So the Chelmsley and the Neaton Griff games are your last chances to see the team in action before we get on with the real thing. That's all for this week. Sean and I will be back in seven days or so to keep you right up to date with Sphinx's preparations for the new season. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Commentary Sphinx podcast, a Sphinx football production. For more of our podcasts, visit sphinxfootball.com.